Well, good morning and welcome to The Bridge. My name is Johnny. I'm the campus pastor here, and we are excited that you've chosen to worship with us online. Hopefully, uh, in the near future, we can see each other in person again, and you'll be here with us at The Bridge worshiping together. That's certainly something that we are looking forward to here. So uh, I did a a building project on my house this weekend. Um, We had an old deck. It was falling apart. And so I took off all the rails and the top boards. Luckily, the structure was good underneath. So I just was able to put new rails and new top boards on. Uh, But it's a lot of hard, hard work. And as I did that job, uh, I was thinking back on the last time that I built a deck. It was about 10 years ago uh, on the first house my wife and I owned. And I was thinking about that because before we could build that deck, we had to literally cut a hole into our house. We did not have a patio door. What we had was a wall with some windows. And I convinced my wife that I could fit a patio door right there if we just cut a hole in the wall. If we just cut a hole, it it would be perfect. And I convinced her that it would work out. And so that's exactly what I did. Uh, In order to enjoy the outside, in order to build the deck and get the most out of our backyard, and in order to have uh, that type of flexibility, first a barrier had to be removed in a very literal way. The wall was the barrier. But in order to get past the situation we were in, we had to remove a barrier so that we could get to a better place. I was thinking about that this weekend, uh, or this week I should say, as I was working on my deck, where I did not luckily have to cut any holes in my house, which is good news. Uh, We are talking about the fruit of the Spirit for the next eight weeks. And if you joined us last week, uh, Pastor Suzanne did an amazing job introducing this sermon series and talking about the difference between the fruit of the flesh, what happens when we follow our own desires and our own selves and our own uh, uh, ways, the ways of the flesh, versus the fruit of the Spirit, which is the, the work of the Spirit in our lives to produce these good things. And Galatians chapter 5 lists the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, And so we have a role to cooperate with the Spirit in living out these ways. Only the Spirit can produce this fruit, but we cooperate with the Spirit, and we come alongside the Spirit, and we choose into the life of the Spirit. And Pastor Suzanne did a great job explaining that. If you missed it, I would encourage you to go back, uh, because she really does lay it out really, really beautifully. Uh, And so when we look at the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, Paul really front loads the whole list with what I think might be like the premier number one fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of love, the fruit of love. Now, I think love in our culture gets kind of a bad rap um, because we don't have enough words to describe love. So in the original uh, language of the New Testament, Greek, there's actually six words to describe love. The Greeks knew what they were doing, Uh, so as not to cause confusion. In our culture, in English, we have one word. So, I love tacos. I love my wife. I love my kids. Those are all three very different things. And so, we throw the word love around, and then when we find it in Scripture, I think it gets a bad rap because we think it's all either Valentine's Day hearts, or we think it's simple affection, or whatever it is. But in the ancient Greek, they had a much more robust understanding of 
the word love. I do not want to break down each Greek word for love for you today. There's about 7,000 blogs about this. So you just Google Greek words for love and you'll become as smart as I am about this, I promise. Uh, So I don't want to break it down. But I will say that for this particular passage, Paul chose the word agape. Agape. This is not passionate, romantic love. This is not the type of affection we feel toward our favorite TV show. This is not the kind of brotherly love that we have for our friends uh, and for our siblings. This is a type of selfless, others-focused love and charity. Agape love is a self-emptying love that always moves out and toward others. Some of the other loves are kind of about us, how we feel. But agape love is actually about moving out toward others and living in that fullness of love toward the world. This is the type of love Jesus talked about in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, this agape, self-emptying love. This is the type of love uh, that is described in 1 John chapter 4 where it says, Love one another because God is love. We need to agape love one another because God is agape. And so this type of love is what describes God and what describes God's movement toward us and toward the world. And it's a beautiful, full, self-emptying picture of what love can be. So knowing that now, here's a question for you to ponder. Maybe you can throw an answer in the comments Uh, We did this with Pixar movies before, and I I juked everyone, I think. Uh, So if you're too too embarrassed to get the answer wrong, you don't have to. If you just think about it, okay? If you're watching with somebody else, maybe talk about it for a second. What is the opposite of love? What is the opposite of love? Think about it. I'll give you a hint. It's four letters. Four letters. The opposite of love. Sherry, you got to vote? She's not going to tell me. Okay, the opposite of agape love is not hate, which I think is our fastest thing that we want to say. The opposite of agape love is self. Self. Because self is all about looking in at myself, in at what I want, in at my desires, in at what I need. Self is all about me. And it's good to do some self-care and all that, But agape love is not about self. Agape love is always moving out to others. So Philippians chapter 2, I think, describes agape love perfectly. Um, It says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, if you have any of these things, right? And if you have the Spirit, you should. Then make my joy complete, Paul writes, by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. This is so important. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What Paul is describing here, as he's encouraging the church in Philippi, is agape love. 
This is uh, meant to be about relationships among the church, but this passage, this is what I use, I read out of, and I preach out of at every single wedding that I officiate. If you've been to multiple weddings officiated by Johnny, you know there's not a lot of messages. This is the one. This is the one that I have, okay? I use it because I cannot think of a more perfect passage to describe the type of love that is required to make a marriage work. This self-emptying, self-giving love. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Value others above yourselves. Don't look to your own interests, but to the interests of others. And I stand in front of the couple and I say, now you are putting yourself second to your spouse. And I look at the other and I say, you are putting yourself second to your spouse. And I tell them, when you do that, when you both do that, you'll find that you are both always somehow first. You're both always somehow in the mix together. That is agape love. It's self-emptying. The hard truth about this kind of love is that it is very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable because it always pushes us out beyond where we are. It pushes us out beyond where we want to be. And it moves us toward the needs and the perspectives of others. Because to love somebody, you need to be able to understand the world from their perspective. To love somebody, you have to enter into a person's pain. To love somebody, you have to go to where they are, to where their needs are most felt, and be in that space with them. This type of love is always pressing us into difficult spaces and difficult conversations because that's where we find what Paul describes as the interests of others. Only by getting into real relationship, real conversation, real uh, pain points with people do we find the interests of others, and only then can we love them right in that place. Those are the places they need to experience love and to experience God. There will always be a struggle within us between our desire for self-protection and self-comfort and the work of the Spirit that pushes us toward agape love. We will always wrestle. Paul talks about this in the epistles. We will always wrestle between what I need, what I want, my own self-interest, my own self-protection, and moving toward people in the places that they are. It's uncomfortable. It's always a struggle. And for me, I realize that I don't always name the struggle and call it out. What I do is make excuses for retreating into myself and away from love. I don't say that I'm not loving. I just have reasons to not engage. I just have reasons to push away. I just have reasons to step back. It's not that I don't want to love people. It's just that uh, it's just too much work on that side, and so I have excuses for what not to do. I put up barriers between myself and others because the idea of loving them is too stressful to me. It's too much work. It's something that is going to cost me something. When I self-empty and move toward others, it costs me something. So it's not that I say I don't love people. It sounds more like I can't talk to people. I can't understand or don't understand people. Uh, it's a struggle for me to be around people. And all of these are barriers that get erected between us and others that prevent love. So I'm doing an object lesson today. 
I thought I'd have bigger bricks, so bear with me on these little blocks. But I think these are some barriers that we put up. These are things maybe you've said, maybe I've said, maybe you've heard. I can't be around that person. I pray all this in your name. Amen.